To my surprise, she revealed to me and my husband just filed for divorce, a consequence of the nature of my career as a travel nurse. Internally, I, I couldn't help but wonder, like, what kind of a man initiated a divorce during a pandemic while his wife, a frontline worker, faces the trauma of witnessing lives being claimed Welcome to Harmony in Healthcare, Navigating Nursingships and Relationships. I am your host, Tico da Severa, an RMBS and critical care nurse, an author, and also a broker. So today, we delve into the intricate world of healthcare professionals, exploring the challenges nurses face in maintaining harmony between demanding shifts and personal relationships. So this movement actually began with a simple conversation during my time as a travel nurse in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic, a fellow nurse's heartfelt plea to safeguard personal relationships sparked the inspiration for this dialogue. So today we are going to embark on a journey to shed light on the impact of nursing shift on our personal lives and discover strategies for finding harmony. So joining us today, we have Mr. Kenny. Mr. Kenny is actually an experienced nurse and a serial entrepreneur. We also have Mrs. Kim also known as Kimberly. She is also a serial entrepreneur and also an experienced nurse. We also have Mrs. Maya Perkins joining us today. So Maya is an experienced nurse, a serial entrepreneur who has navigated a delicate, you know, balance between a nursing career and maintaining a healthy relationship. And we also have Mrs. Shanae, who is also an experienced nurse and an entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, everyone. So what inspired me to explore the challenges nurses face in balancing their demanding work schedule with personal relationship in my book, Nursing Shifts and Relationship Drifts, Finding Harmony. So the personal relationship stories that my fellow nurses were dealing with outside of the hospital were both heart-wrenching and eye-opening to me. From marriages strained by irregular schedules to the emotional toll of being physically apart from loved ones during critical moments. These narratives paint a pointing picture of the sacrifices and struggle nurses endure beyond the hospital wall. And it became evident that addressing these challenges is not just about our professional lives, but it is crucial for the well-being of our personal lives as well outside of the hospital walls. So the stories shared were a rallying cry for starting a conversation within our nursing community prompting the need for strategies to protect and harmonize our personal relationship amidst the demanding landscape of patient care. So in a profound encounter, a remarkable reserved nurse, known for her quiet demeanor, she actually approached me with a personal message that resonated deeply. Her message to me was, Tico, don't let nursing shatter your home. Go back to your family and husband. Don't follow my path. Avoid the struggle I am grappling now with now. I was really curious and I was like, what do you mean exactly? To my surprise, she revealed to me and my husband just filed for divorce, a consequence of the nature of my career as a travel nurse. Internally, I, I couldn't help but wonder, like, what kind of a man initiated a divorce during a pandemic while his wife, a frontline worker, faces the trauma of witnessing lives being claimed by the virus for over 12 hours a day? 
does it even comprehend the emotional toll we were enduring at that time and that we are still enduring? Mind you, he had the privilege to stay at home during the pandemic and literally not have to face this virus head on like we had to as nurses. But let's move on to another story. So another nurse grappling with fears of loneliness and vulnerability expressed to me, Siko, I am terrified of returning to an empty apartment. What if I contract COVID and there is no partner to care for me? What if I succumb in my sleep? This just shows you the trauma and how nurses are, are hunt every day with these type of thoughts in their head. I just want to allow that to sink in for a second while I share another story with you. So this is from another nurse who shared a poignant piece of advice to me, cautioning me against letting the allure of lucrative contracts overshadow the essence of life. She said to me, Tico, don't let this hospital and the substantial paycheck hinder your journey to motherhood. It is easy to get caught up in the pursuing the highest paying contracts and neglecting your home and your relationships. Time slips away and I find myself, this is her, I find myself investing over $100,000 in surrogacy because I waited too long to prioritize becoming a mother. See, these are things that we really do not think about while we are like, you know, on the chase of pursuing our career as nurses. So these stories merely scratch the surface of the trials nurses face during the pandemic. And my mission is to ignite a conversation within our nursing community fostering dialogues on how to safeguard and harmonize our personal lives amid the challenging landscape of our noble profession. So in my book, I touch on how irregular nursing schedule, especially as a travel nurse, can strain personal relationships. So can you share with our audience examples or stories that highlight the impact of nursing shifts on family dynamics, marriages, or even partnership in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I work through I'll go ahead. Who do you want to go first? We can, I can go second. It doesn't matter. It's like a, okay, go, go for Ladies first, so. Oh, so, um, for me, at least, especially like how we were discussing previously about traveling back and forth between here in California, my life is in New York. So I had to create a balance essentially because I knew that Every time when I was going to go on assignment, I would be away for a very long period of time. So it would be, I wouldn't say a hassle, but it would take a lot of work to actually make time to uh, meet up with people, make sure before I leave, you know, there was a meetup or a group activity that happened because they knew that they wouldn't see me for a while. And then doing the same thing basically when I came home. Because, you know, you miss your your friends, your family, you know, people that you love. Now, being there, I always made sure that, you know, I called my family, texted my friends. If they needed me, I was always there. Um, and I don't know if you want me to go into, like, the whole dating thing. Oh, my God, please. Because I was just going to say, Nurse Kim is, like, you know, playing a little bit too safe. <laughs> so I need to dive a little bit deeper into, like, you know, the juicier stuff. Yes. Dating, please do. Mm, okay. Um, so surprisingly, I downloaded Hinge. People was talking about it so much. So I downloaded Hinge, but I made sure that I did it only when I was in California. Now I know it sounds bad, especially 
as you know being a new york girly but i already knew what was out here men wise for new york and it, it just hit and so i was like you know what let me try cali since i was out there and not to say that it was like bad but it could have been better i mean i it's no words honestly it's no words it's not it was difficult was it the people that you were like you know kind of meeting on a hinge that wasn't really like you know aligning with what you're looking for or it was i that was it mainly um Mm -hmm. and they would be a certain way on the app and then when you meet them like the vibe wasn't there like you you want a connection you want like a click and that wasn't there so it took me a while and I also just got out of a relationship as well so it was like a back and forth in my mind about that too but mm-hmm. lately I just been chilling honestly because <laughs> it's hard out here and I'm 29 like I'm trying to get married and find me a man but like the the dating is very much trash like it's contaminated right now so so do you think it is actually harder to find like you know your partner as a nurse compared to like you know when you were you know i guess in nursing school or prior to nursing school um it can be but it's just really trying to find that balance it's that's ultimately it always will come down to Mm -hmm. because you know, working your three shifts, you're tired after those those shifts. If you're doing like your twos and then your one after your threes back to back, like you're always going to be tired. Right. So making that time and making sure, like for me, I've never done overtime before. Like that, they knew not to call me <laughs> to do overtime because it, it was too much on my body. So I knew after my shifts, like I needed like a full day to myself. And mm-hmm. that caused, you know it it caused to like waste more time in regards to trying to find things outside of nursing mm-hmm. relationship wise so definitely did cause a, a shift with that so it was really just trying to make sure that I made the time for myself and made sure that I put myself first and as a priority thank you and I'm glad you mentioned that because I also touch on that a little bit in my book and also in my course about how we need to actually prioritize self-care because when you don't prioritize self-care, you cannot be present in your relationship. Exactly. And I feel like that's like, you know, that's actually one of the areas that I hit a roadblock myself when it comes to like, you know, oh, I need to pick up extra shit. But then it's like, you're picking up these extra shit, but how is it really affecting like, you know, yourself, your personal life and your marriage at the same time? So sometimes you just have to say no to the, you know, the extra coins. <laughs> okay. So now today they were literally asking us, oh, who want to like, you know, work extra for now? I'm like, I am done with that life. Like, I don't, you get enough money to work an extra four hours after working 13 hours shit. That's abuse. <laughs> okay. We're going to give the floor to Mr. Kenny. Same question for you. Um, can you share examples or a story that highlight the impact of nursing shift on family dynamics, marriages, if you're married or partnership in your life? Yeah, so definitely. Um, the, the talks, right? The, the three that week, my thing is more so, um, it's, it's sporadic. You don't have a set schedule, you know, it's like Monday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Yeah. So for me, it's the, uh, I mean, 12 hour shifts, uh, obviously after work, uh, it's like, you don't, you're just limited as to what you can do because a lot of places are, mm-hmm. you know, 
just always the energy and things like that. But more so for me is the uh, the this variety schedule. Like I was saying, you know, you, you could be working Tuesday, Wednesday, then Saturday. You could work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You could be working Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So, you know, for nursing, uh, you don't really have that set schedule. I mean, they try to modify it as best as they can. The managers do. But um, most of the time, it's not feasible just because they can't take everybody's schedule. So for me, is uh, getting the that two uh, schedule we have and just saying, like, just telling your friends, partners, family, tell them, like, hey, this is this will have to work with like it's really not modifiable and we just got to set stuff around it um, and i just try to make sure like whether it's you know um your significant other your friends or or your family you try to give them like one day each like a week right. that way you know you kind of keep all that all but um definitely is um dealing with that sporadic schedule that's probably the biggest thing and just in terms of uh, relationship. Well, I'm like more straightforward when it comes to relationships. So I kind of let them know up front, like, this is what it's going to have to be. You know, I'm not good. Like if you like it or not, obviously if you really love the person, you would try to be a little more lenient. But for me, it's, right. it's like this, this I'm on right now. And this is kind of like, is this something that, that could work with you? Cause the last thing you want to do is, is get them in that relationship. And then like, out of nowhere, be like, Oh yeah, by the way, this is my schedule. Right. Right. <laughs> So I just let them know this is what it looks like. I usually work 12. Sometimes I do work an extra day. So that's four 12s. So realistically, you might have three days with me. Like, you know, just let them know up front. And of course, they love you. You know, they really like vibing with you. You know, they can make it happen. And relationships, as you mentioned in your book as well, is like it's all about, you know, compromise. And nursing is a little different just because of the schedule. And obviously, it takes a toll on you mentally. And you have to be at not um i think we spoke about this before or how you we know did. especially though icu is like you don't want to just you know leave all your emotional baggage on your partner like it's not their fault like somebody coded on you right so figuring out that balance in terms of relationships yes. letting you also have to figure out um i'm not let me know if i'm saying too much but you also want to um you also want to figure out what your partner can tolerate because I've noticed different, you know, people in your life have different tolerances as to what they want to hear, you know, and sometimes it's like if you keep telling them more than what they can tolerate, they're just going to block you out, you know, especially men like, you know, that we just decide to block women out of times when they just a little too much, you know, so I'm just being honest. So uh, for women out there, I'm not I'm glad you said that. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm glad you said that because there has been days where like, you know, I will come home from work and I want to share what really happened, you know, and my husband literally just flat out said to me, Tico, that's work. Like you don't bring work home with you. But I'm like the type of like, you know, um, career that I'm in, I have to talk about it. That's, you know, that's how I kind of get it like, you know, get it off my chest or like, you know, to me, I consider that therapeutic. So I think it's very, there's like, you have to find a balance when it comes to what your partner can or cannot tolerate, because sometimes they just have to be like, you know, the loving partner that they need to be. So just like, you know, listen to you, even if it's not like, you know, it doesn't interest them at all. They just need to, <clears throat> they just need to listen to you. So I feel like those are like, you know, also on red flags to look, you know, you know, in a potential partner that, you know, you're vetting. Okay. Yes. Granted, they're not going to be like, you know, open to what I'm talking about, but if they really care, then they need to actually be open-minded and just listen to me. Yeah. 
So sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point because uh, it goes both, you know, boys, right? Like sometimes, mm-hmm. like as a man, like, you know, you tell your partner or whatever and you say, like, this is what I'm going through. And you start, like, you know, talking about people at work, like, that did something to you or, like, I'm going to get them back. Or you just have, like, they don't want to hear about you trying to retaliate on people. And um, sometimes um, there's some remarks that patients make that, you know, we don't like. And it's not, right. I mean, for me, I, I just rather, I mean, I'm more so, like, I'll keep it in. And if she asks, then I'll, then I'll there's other things that there's other things at home you have to take care of more important than work. Women is shaking her head like, Kim, you have something to say, Kim? Because I'm I, I agree with you too, Kim. Like I have to let it out, but go ahead. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a man thing to like hold in their opinions, and I feel like especially as a nurse, you already know how important it is to have a proper mental, and men choose to like hold things in. And do like this passive aggressive thing. And it's not the best for the relationship. So just like how you want to make sure that um, your partner is comfortable, you also have to be comfortable as well. Like there has to be, like I said, a balance. Like you can't be taking on all of this emotion from someone that you're taking care of in the hospital and then you come home and you're holding that in because then it's going to reflect in your relationship as well so that's why i have to shake my head because i'm like why do guys do that why do men do that like talk this is your partner this is the person that you plan on spending the rest of your life with if you don't speak on the things that you're going to be doing for a good majority of your your life nursing like you plan on doing it for a couple couple of years, not just a couple months. You you gotta like try and build a healthy lifestyle around it. So right. whatever is bothering you is not to me, at least, is not the healthiest option for you. That's why I shook my head. And I'm glad you say that, right. Kim, because I remember when I started working in the ICU as a new grad, I was pretty much like, you know, holding everything in. Not knowing that I was actually taking that aggression and frustration on my husband when it comes to like, you know, how I talk to him, you know, how my tone changes where he just asks me simple questions. And he literally called me out and said, Tico, this is not you. Like, what is really going on? Because if you don't talk about it, you're just going to like, you know, continue to take your aggression and frustration on an innocent person. They can't, they don't really, they can't read your mind. Like you have to be openly sheer be old enough to share what it is that you're going through. And if they truly care, they will understand. They will, you know, notice those sort of differences in your attitude, your behavior, and they will call you out on it instead of like, you know, saying, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, you should leave that at work. Because in the line of work that we are in, it is impossible to leave what we do at work and just come home like, you know, everything is all rosy. Because that's not reality. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I understand your perspective. And I mean, we could, I don't want to get that deep, like in terms of how you go, you start talking about grooming, right? So, man, like we are groomed differently from birth. I don't think like women really understand that. You know, to you, it's like you girls are always um, like told to go ahead and express your emotion, share, go ahead and cry. That's fine, it's normal. As a man, how many times do we hear that? Or as a child, even as a child, we, we rarely go ahead and let it out, cry. For us, it's more like just suck it up and, you know, on to the next one. And or another thing they probably so, like. So from your perspective, you know, as a nurse, Kenny, will you 
encourage like, you know, male nurses to also start voicing their opinion and their feelings when it comes to like, you know, what the encounter hospital walls. Do you think that, you know, that's also, that can be therapeutic for them as well? Instead of like, you know, just putting up a wall saying that, oh, I'm a man, I'm not, you know, I wasn't raised to share my emotions or, can you elaborate on that for me a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I said, I wanted to go back to like, when we're, since we're kids, right? I just, that's important, mm -hmm. that's an important. They're like, we can't just, now we're adults and it's like, okay, well, everything that we learned for 18 years is gone. Like it's still there. Right. So it's kind of like, like a software, you know, you have to reprogram the software with new code, but it takes time to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. essentially, um, yes, I do encourage, you know, male nurses to go ahead and, and uh, do, I mean, some therapy or go ahead and just voice their opinion or express themselves to their partners, families, or whoever their, their significant is, is absolutely helpful. Um, but I do, I, um, I know you mentioned it in your book too as well. And I'm really big into like self-development and knowing oneself first, because for example, for a man, for a woman, for, it seems like a, a lot of women that I speak to, um, they really just want somebody to listen. They really just want somebody to be there and they're going to just like let it all out. Right. And then for them, that's their relief, you know, for men, it's, uh, it's different. It's like, for example, some men, they, they'd rather just not be bothered. Like say there's a tough shift. I see you, somebody coded or whatever. So for men, it's like the process, everything that just happened. So we thinking like, man, this just happened. This is crazy. What could have been done different? Now, next time we're thinking about solutions, right? right? And then like for me, for example, after a tough shift, like I'm not going to voice every, I'm not going to just express everything. Like that's not a relief to me. What's a relief to me is like, you know, being by myself, maybe like putting on some music, uh, maybe just eating a good meal. And then afterwards, mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and talk. So for men, it's, it's different. I have to not just let everything out because, I don't know, we're always thinking about what can we have done differently? And then once we go through those solutions in our mind, then it's like, okay, now let's go, I'm going to go ahead and tell my partner this, and this is the solution I think I would have next time this happens. So then now it becomes more so of like a man expressing themselves to get you to like partner with him. And then after, after that kind of solution, and then like as a woman, you know, as a, a man, like you could just, what we, what we really like is when like a woman, they just like, mm -hmm. you hear our suggestions and then um, you pretty much say, oh yeah, that's, that's an idea. Like kind of just come into agreement as opposed mm -hmm. to just, as opposed to us just venting everything. We're going we're gonna right. to present, we're going to present to you a potential a solution. And then from there we do like, like to like a reinforcement. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, um, things like that. So it's a little different. Um, that's kind of how I, I get. Think, I think women are also like that too. But you know, I feel like when it comes to working in the hospital, we actually come across certain things or encounter certain like you know situations that we've never dealt with before. Especially when it comes to like you know your patient not making it at the end of the day. You know, at the end of a 13, 14 hour shift. So with something like that, of course you have to like you know share that with somebody. Instead of like, you know, walking around with that, you know, I don't know, with those questions in your head, like, oh, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Although at the end of the day, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just their times to go. But you just have to like, you know, kind of 
talk through that with somebody that will you know, understand what it is that you're talking about or where it is that you're coming from, just to provide a listening ear, to be quite honest with you. So I think that's where we were coming from, right, Kim? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I have a question for y'all too. Um, so when you have, say, the worst shift you ever had before, right? Somebody coded or somebody, you messed up the intubation, they passed away, whatever. Um, do you, you like, personally, do you ladies feel like, is that something you would want to, as soon as you get home, just start, like, venting to your man? Is that so you can feel heard? Or when would you, like, at what point do you guys feel like it's uh, time for you guys to go ahead and just vent everything out? I'm just curious, like, the time frame. I mean, for me, you're going to see it in my body language and in my face. Exactly. Yes. And so that's why... It's important for me to get it off my chest first, mm -hmm. get it out the way, and then I can, you know, go about the rest of my day. But mm -hmm. for me personally, I feel like my body language and my face will tell you first. And you're already, oh, oh like the vibe is going to be off. And then they're going to say, okay, well, what's going on? And I'll express myself. But if I feel like I need some more time, I'll let them know. I'll inform them. But I'll also tell them, like, not right now, but we can talk about it a, a little bit later. But for the mm -hmm. most part, like with me, you'll see it first. And then if they ask me and I feel like talking about it, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. So it sounds to me like almost immediately, like once you get home, you're ready to just let it out. All right. What about you, Tico? I'm I curious. And this... Go ahead, Tico. So honestly, Kenny, I wouldn't say like, you know, it's almost as if Correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost as if you're making it sound like, you know, we just want to be heard. And that's not the point. The point is, if I come home and, you know, my body language is not the same, my attitude is not the same as my partner, of course, you know, even if I say I don't want to talk about it, you can either give me that space or you can actually say, you know what, I need you to open up. Let's talk about it. You know, instead of you walking around with that, you know, frustration, that body language, just let's just spot it. So it's not as if I'm looking for like, you know, somebody's shoulder to cry on immediately. I just need somebody to recognize that, okay, obviously something is not right. Something must happen at work. Let's just talk about it. There is, there is any conversation, there is power in just like, you know, sitting down and just talking to somebody. It, it actually, I feel like it's probably more healing to me. It heals quicker and faster instead of like, you know, just walking around with it and say, oh, okay, maybe I need to wait a couple of days. Because the more you wait, the more you're going to keep processing this in your head, the more you're going to keep asking yourself these questions over and over. But when you talk about it, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're right, though. I think you have a, a great point. Um, I'm just saying, you know, personally, like I could for me, I could wait like two days, like because for me, I rather, like I said, I process things. So it's not like I'm going to keep right. it forever. I'm not going to keep that forever. But for me, it's like, OK, in two days, I'll tell you everything in detail. Just give me some right. time. So that's what. Oh, I yeah. So it doesn't have to be immediate. It doesn't have to be immediate yeah. because you also need time to process what it is that happened prior to sharing that with somebody else. You have to kind of heal yourself first before, you know. Because right. mm -hmm. it's very powerful to have that, you know, to be able to actually share something like that with somebody if you haven't actually, like, you know, processed it yourself first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm here, right? So you could kind of show me the ropes because. Obviously, I'll have it all right. So uh, it's definitely good to hear that, you know, so. Yeah, I feel like we're all we're all learning. Like, you know, I, I have learned all of this the hard way. 
Because nobody like, you know, said, oh, Tico, this is how you should do this. This is how you should do that. No. Sometimes I will talk about like, you know, my work to my family and they're just like, Tico, you just, it's a taboo. You can't talk about stuff like that. Because, you know, I'm African. So, oh, well, you you took care of a dead patient today. You did postmortem care. Oh, no, you cannot talk about that. But I'm like... <laughs> I feel like religiously that also like, you know, affects it as well. So we have a, you know, Miss Maya join us today. And also we have Miss Shanae on the call as well. Welcome. Hey, y'all. Hey. Oh, is that Maya? Okay. I didn't even recognize you. Yeah, we had Christmas pitch, Christmas pictures yesterday. So okay. <laughs> let's move to um, segment two, which is strategy for harmony. I mean, what advice or strategies will you offer to nurses looking to maintain harmony in their relationship despite the demand of the profession? This is this struggle when it comes to like, you know, maintaining harmony or finding that balance between their career and their personal lives? So what advice will you offer them or strategies? Whoever you're with, you need to make sure that that person, whether, you know, whoever that person is, that they understand um, our lifestyle. I mean, like for me, I'll just say my background. Um, I mean, I've been with my husband for 10 years mm. and I've been married since 2018. And I was with my husband from nursing school being an RN, travel nursing, the whole nine yards. So he understood my lifestyle. And when we were dating, there was no necessary, I wouldn't necessarily like we compromise, but just saying that like, this is my lifestyle. I work night shift, I work 12 hours, I work X amount of days a week. And if that's something that you cannot handle, then there's no reason for us to continue on with the relationship. So I feel like a good advice would be to just let whoever that person know is upfront what our lifestyle is, what the demand is, what type of stress factors are involved with being mm -hmm. in the nursing field and letting that person know up front. And so that way there's no like, oh, you've been with this person for three, four years. And then you know, they, they can't come back and say, oh my God, I didn't know like, dating you was going to be like this or whatever. No, I'm telling you up front, there are going to be days where like I've worked 12 oh, hours. Right. I want to do is go home and go to sleep and don't bother me or whatever the situation is, you know, just letting them know up front, this is my, this is my lifestyle. And if you're willing to like hop on this roller coaster, this ride with me, then great. And if you're not, then I understand that it, this life is not meant for everybody and it's not meant for everybody to understand our lifestyle. And if that person can understand it, then it is what it is, you know, then I'll be. So did you actually met your husband prior to like, you know, embarking on nursing or, or yeah. like nursing school? Okay. Yeah. I met him when I was, I was in a, I had, I was in an accelerated ESM program when I met him. It was like, I think I was in my second semester of that program mm -hmm. in nursing school. So I met him in nursing school. So, okay. He's experienced the ups and downs when it comes to nursing, literally from like the baby stages. So um, in each stage that we went through, um, you know, I would have that conversation with him where it's like nursing school, you guys already know, you're not going to have any sleep. You're not going to have any time to yourself, especially if you're in like an accelerated program like I was in. And he was supportive of that when I became a staff nurse. He was supportive of that. Um, a bigger transition, I'm not going to lie, is when I became a travel nurse because that required me to leave home and to be away from right. home for a certain amount of time. So, I mean, that is definitely a conversation that I had with him prior to embarking it. 
But I'm not going to lie. This is the type of person I am. Even if he would have been like, oh, I don't know about this. I would have been like, I'm still doing it. So, (laughs) you know, we were dating at the time. So it's like, I'm not going to let you stop my bag, you know. But luckily, he was understanding. And then even now, fast forward, we have a soon-to-be two-year-old next month. And I'm working per diem out in Los Angeles. And I fly out there once a month. Mm -hmm. And he's okay with taking care of our daughter for that week when I go out there. So these are conversations that you need to have with those people. And I know it gets a little tough when you're already in a relationship with somebody or if you're already married to someone and you're embarking on a new journey. Um, That conversation gets a little you know, that conversation becomes a little harder, especially if that, mm-hmm. well, I don't know my, I don't want to, I'm not really comfortable with this. And, you know, it's it's easier to have that conversation with someone if you haven't put that time in versus already being in a relationship with someone. But you still need to be open. You still need to be honest. You need to let them know that, like, this is my life. This is what I want to do. This is the way it is. And I would hope that you would support me. And if not, you know, you you know, you could say it's no feelings lost or no love lost, but, you know, you could always feel the type you feel. I mean, if my husband would have told me, oh, I'm not comfortable with you going out to L.A., I mean, you know, obviously that's my husband, so that's a different type of conversation. No, I am not mm-hmm. with him. But, I mean, I tell people all the time, like, luckily I'm blessed to have a husband that's willing to, to step up in that role. But, of course, not everybody's lucky enough like that. And, unfortunately, some people end up having to, uh, what do you call it? compromise so if they're out willing to meet you all the way it's always good to compromise and meet you halfway you know so that's it <laughs> i'm glad you actually touched on compromising because this year alone maya i worked like what three months out of the entire year and not because like you know i wanted to but like you said you have to compromise you have to know when to say no and you have to know when to say yes especially when it comes to like you know these contracts so i'm glad you mentioned it mm-hmm you know, the biggest thing, especially when you get in a relationship, is compromise because you're not always going to have it your way. And the same thing with whoever your significant other is. So as long as you guys right, like you guys want to meet halfway with somebody. You don't want to always feel like you're taking or you're giving in any type of relationship. So I feel like, you know, with the culture of nursing, it is so easy for somebody to turn into like, you know, you know, always just about meeting these contracts. Like, you know, you just have to like, you know, accept whatever comes with it. But at the end of the day, you can't have a successful relationship by always like, you know, prioritizing yourself first and not your partner too. So, okay. So now let's dive into like, you know, some questions from our listener. I'm going to start with my favorite question. I'm a little bit biased, but it says, how do you manage the emotional toll of witnessing challenging situations in a hospital while ensuring that it doesn't affect your relationship outside of work? And what advice do you have for fellow nurses? while ensuring it doesn't affect your relationship outside of work? That's a good question. Um, I did want to ask, my bad, I should have said earlier, but whatever, it's Maya, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I did want to add, like, just a quote real quick for everybody. I think it's, it helps a lot. I think Miles Monroe said it, uh, one of the greats, uh, great men ever lived, but he said, like, when it comes to relationships, um, and it's true, says, don't ask the person, like, your first person, your first question shouldn't be, um, do you love me? It should be, where are you going? Right? Because if you could love somebody all you want, but if you're going in two different directions, it's not going to work out. So, sure. um, I, I like to, you know, label that as non-negotiables. This is where I'm going. And kind of how Maya said, you just let that person know, Hey, this is what my outlook looks like, you know, 
And if is this something you can join? Like, can you hop on a roller coaster? Because we are, everybody's on a roller coaster in life, to be honest. But it's just a matter of you going the right way. If you're going the, the same way, if you're going the same speed. So uh, just, you know, just keep that in mind. But in terms of the question you just asked, difficult situations at work that you take home, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you start, man, I know my friend, I mean, he was talking to me about this and, and one thing he has to, you know, he talked about was a situation he confronted where there was a, he, he like, like racist remark towards him. Right. And, uh, he had never met that specific uh, culture. I think there were, I don't, I'm not going to say what culture it was, but after that, he kind of started, um, like generalizing, oh, I had a bad incident with this type of, uh, you know, culture. So maybe they, this is how they think of all black people or all that. And I just told him like, dude, just kind of get out of your feelings and just you know, take a step back and, and think about uh, sometimes don't take it personal. I said a lot of times when we when people are reacting that way, it's just because either it's in the moment or that's just how they were brought up. And sometimes um, you just got to let them know. Sometimes people don't know they're making the wrong move until you into you like a mirror and tell them like, Hey, you know what you said is not like, and then they're like, Oh really? And they're like, why is it not right? And sometimes a lot of it has to do with education. Sometimes they say knowledge is power. Well, sometimes, because what if you learn the wrong thing at that point, it can be, it can be a detriment to you. So definitely just educate them and tell them like, uh, bring them a situation. Just tell them like, this is why it hit me so hard. And then, from there, they can say, okay, well, this now I understand why I hate you so hard. And I'm not sure if you guys have encountered situations like, uh, you know, in one of your patients, they, um, they remind you of like a family member. They remind you of a friend you had before. And then sometimes like it could be some trauma that you experienced as mm -hmm. a, as a younger person. And then it kind of sometimes certain cases with certain people and certain demographics, hit you harder because it brings that trauma back that you never thought would come back. And then mm -hmm. you think you, you think you had resolved the before, but once you encounter this, this person, this uh, patient with a similar situation as that situation you had before, it comes back up and you're like, Oh, hold up. What's going on? Like, then that's when your heart starts pounding. Like, man, you start reliving those thoughts. And then that's when you, that's when you have to know yourself and say that was the past. And now it's coming back again, but I have learned from it and I'm going to react differently. I'm not going to take it out on my, my partner, on my friends, on my relationship. So that's just, uh, that's what I think about. That's how I answered that question. Asked. Thank you so much for that, Kenny. So I actually want to add something to this. So I had a nurse that literally spent an hour after shifts today just to kind of like, you know, talk to me. She literally poured her emotions out to me when it comes to how she felt like she was she was treated badly just because of like you know, the color of her skin. And one of my advices to her was that sometimes you cannot take everything that, you know, you encounter in these workplaces, like, you know, too personally, you're only here temporarily. If you do not have the confidence to stand up for yourself, because I feel like that's what her, her, um, her issue was. She didn't have the confidence, like, you know, to draw a clear line when it comes to, okay, I have earned like, you know, my rights to be here just like you and you know you shouldn't be treating me differently just because of the color of my skin but she felt like like you know there was some racial i guess racial disparity towards her as a nurse so like i said earlier when it comes to like you know just having conversation with people 
you can really like, you know, heal just by talking your your feelings out to other people that are, you know, they're willing to listen to you. So let's move on to another question. Um, so can you provide any insight into the strategies you you have personally found effective in maintaining harmony in your relationships despite the demanding nature of nursing? Well, just like I was saying prior to, like, I just made sure that I made time for the people that I care about. Mm-hmm. I was going on a contract and I knew I had two weeks before I was supposed to leave. We were making time to, you know, have some type of gathering to meet up and, you know, say our goodbyes. And then when I came back, we would hang out again. So it's really just like making time for the people that you know care about you as well. Thank you. I can say I would have. I said it like, um, you know, when you're on a contract or you're working, you're tired. I'm a night shift nurse. Uh, though, you know, when you're tired, you just don't want to be bothered when you get off. If you do three days in a row, you probably sleep for like one or two days after that and then you're back to it. So I know that has uh, kind of affected relationships like with family. Family, dad, my grandmother, my grandmother would try to call me and my mom. You're just so tired. You don't really want to. And that has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just you don't physically have it in you. So I know for right. opposite, I haven't been the best at doing it. So. Thank you. So how has the nursing profession influenced your perspective on self-care? And what practices do you personally find helpful in maintaining your well-being? Because I know us nurses, we do not play when it comes to self-care. So I take my time off in between my contracts. That's what I do. Yes. Off and I make sure I go somewhere and I treat myself. If it's not the spa or I'm making sure that I'm doing something fun, something that I enjoy. That is good. And it's funny because, you know, post my last contract, like I wasn't even keeping track of the amount of like, you know, time I was taking up until one day I was like, oh, my God, I've been home for six months. What were you thinking? I mean, of course, my bank, my bank account reflected that. But I was like, what what were you thinking, girl? You have to go back to work. <laughs> so any like, you know, self-care um, strategies that you want to share with the audience? How has the nursing profession influenced your perspective on self-care and what practices do you personally find helpful in maintaining your well-being? For me, a big thing has been uh, nutrition. You know, a lot of times we just try to eat the fast food because it's right there. Um, but at the end of the day, it, isn't, it makes you feel worse. So it doesn't allow your body to get the nutrients that it needs um, and you always feel tired. So my advice would just be um, like, I'm about to get a, a smoothie right now. Um, I like spinach, kale, uh, bananas, strawberries, mangoes, uh, protein. So that's a big thing. Obviously, keeping a balance uh, with staying in shape. Um, mm. I didn't know, like, I mean, I guess there's an excuse during uh, when you go into school as a nurse, um, how some people put on weight, like 10, 15, sometimes 20 pounds. I don't know how you put on 20, to be honest, but. It happens. But um, it happens, right? So I can't really judge anybody. Uh, yeah, but once you start working, uh, right, three days a week, um, 12 hours after that. So you have four days to get to get right uh, physically. So uh, that one. And also sleep. I noticed I'm just, I'm still working on this, to be honest. Uh, finally, I got like seven to eight hours of sleep. Usually I get five, five and a half, maybe four. And I can feel it in the morning because I do morning shift. And uh, this last, was it last week? I had like, almost eight hours of sleep and like 
even though it was a, a tough shift after when it was 7 p.m., I still had energy to like do something after. So definitely get your sleep, um, nutrition, and those are my two biggest things, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So I know everybody on the call is also an entrepreneur outside of like, you know, your nursing career. So how do you actually manage to balance the entrepreneurial aspect of your career with your roles as healthcare um, professional and partners? That's if you have like, you know, a partner in your life right now. So, I mean, even though you cannot answer right now, you are an entrepreneur and you're also a nurse at the same time. How are you positioning yourself to also like, you know, make room for your partner or your future partner that you're pursuing? How do you find balance in like, you know, your nursing career, your entrepreneurship you know, journey and also looking for a partner? I'm going to be honest. Okay. So I kind of had to put all that stuff on a back burner because it's already complex to have to do like trying to find the balance between like my nursing job um, being per diem and then the entrepreneurial thing mm-hmm. because like you're trying for me I'm trying to find what I would say my niche and then in addition to that the insurance so trying to do that making sure that I'm putting out the information so that I can get more people and then on top of that going to work it's very difficult to also include another person that I may or may not have to deal with emotionally Mm-hmm. And personally, I feel like that would take more of a toll on the things that I'm trying to do for myself, right? As a person, like as an as an individual. So, mm-hmm. if as an individual, still need to, I guess, improve on myself. That's where I'm. I, I would feel like I would need to kind of put someone else in the back, right? So, and it's not to say that I I wouldn't want to have that relationship but i i heavily believe in making sure that i am at least close to 100 percent as possible so that i can be the best me for the person i'm supposed to be with and as of right now i, I don't fully feel like i'm 100 where i need to be like so i feel like personally i have to put that on the back burner for now okay so i think this is where you know um setting goals also come into play when it comes like, you know, where do you see yourself in five years in your relationship? Like, you know, in relationship aspect, where do you see yourself in five years when it comes like, you know, your entrepreneurship? But if you were to say right now, what would you say is your priority? Finding the right partner or actually like, you know, finding fulfillment in your endeavors when it comes to what you're trying to pursue entrepreneurship wise? Well, definitely for me, at least is endeavors. Um, okay. I'll make sure that I'm creating a, the right foundation so that I can also attract the right partner. Like that. Okay. There's a, yeah, there's a certain level that I'm trying to reach, at least for myself, so that I can be able to also find that in the person that I end up um, being mm-hmm. with. Because you guys are going to be a reflection of each other. And I want to make sure that to me, at least for me, I want to make sure that I am top tier I know I don't have to be perfect, obviously, and you know, mm-hmm. whatever like I'm working on emotionally, mentally, physically, I'll continually do that. But I want to make sure that I provide a good environment for the person that I eventually end up with. You know, I like that. Thank you. Any words on that, Kenny? Entrepreneurship and relationships, or 
yes, trying to like, you know, find balance between being a nurse, being an entrepreneur, and also balancing your personal relationships. So should I, I'll say from a male's perspective. So, um, like fellas out there, definitely, um, find somebody that will be able to put, a, especially when you're first starting a business, um, mm. there's going to be a lot of trial and error and you need somebody who is patient, who understands the, the long-term goal. Because if you get somebody who's just thinking about what can I get now from this guy, what two, three years is like, ah, uh, then she's constantly going to be demanding something that you don't have yet. Right. So that's why you have to first show her where you're going and tell her, this is my vision with this business. I'm not, I'm losing money right now. Cause it's inevitable as you, as you guys know, as entrepreneurs, when you first starting off a business, you have to establish the business. You have to do advertisement. You have to do so many things. Startup costs are really high. So they might be seeing it as, man, he could be spending that money to give me a Gucci purse. I'm like, uh, a Gucci purse right now, man, crazy. So you got to have to like, let them know you'll get that, but it's going to be in the future. I'm not saying don't ever get a nut and dies. Like, you know, there's days for that. There's birthdays, there's Christmas, things like that. But to consistently be wanting things that, because this is what I've noticed, right? Especially like if you and you're, you're starting a business. So a lot of times when you're in a relationship, like these these women out here, especially the younger ones, right? There are, they look at women who are already like in their thirties, forties, who already established their man already has their business. And he's been working on the business for like 15, 20, 30 years. So of course their wife is going to have the Gucci, the Prada, the nice, nice Mercedes, whatever. So trying to figure out a way to let them know, like, we'll get there, but you got to be patient with me. You got to be patient with me. And we are going to take some losses. You got to be straight up with her. Be like, we're going to lose some money at first, but I guarantee you this. And when you're, if your girl really believes in you and you tell her, believe me in this, she should, she won't even like, yeah, she might say, ah, it might hurt right now, but she's going to believe you, you know? Cause her, like women, what they love to do is like have a man who has a clear vision, and then once you set the set the vision, that now they can actually help you. So if y'all doing something, as long as you're moving forward, then they'll do whatever they can to help you. And that's the type of part, partner you need. One that buys into your vision, is patient with you, and does whatever she can to help you accomplish that vision. So that would be my advice. So I haven't been in the dating world for the last 14 years. But just based on like, you know, my observation, I feel like a lot of people, they don't want, they just want the instant, like, you know, gratification, the instant result. They just don't have the patience to go through the storm with you. It's about perspective, honestly. Okay. This is one of the reasons why I stated, like, I would, at least for now, stay single. Because I know, for me, I know what I want. And when I get to that point, I know what I would bring to the table in the room. I have no problem with potential and I have no problem with a man that has like a plan for himself. That's something that I would ultimately encourage, especially when mm-hmm. it us building together and then eventually having a family together. <laughs> However, I've done it. I've done the, the dating thing enough to know when I would have to walk away and when I would right. give that the man a chance. I've, been burned before where it's gotten to the point where I had to be like, okay, I'm helping you out with this. I'm supporting you in this. But like in the end, it was... It wasn't reciprocated. I wouldn't say reciprocated, but it, it was... 
I'm trying to find the right word. I wouldn't say pointless either because everything is a lesson, but I just felt mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't even know what the right word is because I want to say a waste of time, but <laughs> it kind of felt like a waste of time. Um, like I wasted my my energy on someone that I could have put it into somebody else, basically. Right. So, like I said, that's why it really depends on your perspective. I'm not saying I want the man to come like ready with everything set out, but I want someone that's established to a point or at least to a degree. Next question. So let's talk about embracing technology and communication tool. So we all know that in this digital age, technology plays an instrumental role in our lives, both professionally and personally. So how do you think technology and modern communication tools can assist nurses in maintaining and nurturing their relationship while managing hectic schedules? I could chime in on this one. I think it depends on, obviously it depends on the person because it's always going to be better to do it face-to-face or, you know, being with each other. That's just all a part of, you know, having that relationship, the the connection, because it's right. going to be more difficult to create that connection online or over the phone. However, it does make it a little bit better compared to back in the day when we couldn't do that or it wasn't available to us. Um it makes it a lot easier to communicate and, you know, express how we're feeling in that moment instead of waiting a couple of days to see that person. So right, there's an advantage to it, but the disadvantage to me would definitely be the fact that I would not be able to always see that person face to face. Because things can always get misconstrued um, online or over the phone through text messages. So it does have its good qualities, but you have to be careful with it. I like that. Yes. Um, um, I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to end up, look, I'm going to call out my age. So um, when we started dating friends, Instagram had just became a thing. So I, we've never been dependent on tech, social media or technology like that. I mean, it comes down to my relationships. I'm old school. I'm going to call you up on the phone, I'm going to text you. I will say definitely FaceTime has definitely um, been a great one because you're able to video chat them. Or if you don't have FaceTime, I think there's like something with Samsung. I know they have something too. But anyways, video chatting definitely is a great one. While I'm out in Los Angeles, I'm able to FaceTime my husband. I'm able to see my child. So that definitely um, helps keep the relationship, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say strong, but it, mm-hmm. it aids it aids in the relationship as far as like communication, I guess I should say, um, is concerned. I mean, social media obviously is, you know, a good thing. Like you're able to communicate with people via social media, post pictures, videos, you know, whatnot. But I mean, I'm old school. I like to just talk to somebody on the phone. So thank you. So me personally, I do have a passion for cooking, especially when it comes to like, you know, cooking for my husband. So when I'm not on a nursing assignment, I find a, you know, a creative way to bridge that gap and maintain like, you know, our connection. So I pretty much leverage technology to have like, you know, delicious meals delivered to him. Just kind of like, you know, allow us to kind of share our virtual dinner experiences instead of like, you know, him spending that time away from our connection by cooking for himself. So that's how I personally leverage technology. Um, Kenny, you want to chime in on that? I guess just briefly, yeah. You could do, I know my friend, I don't know, because he's doing long distance or whatever. Um, 
and he figured out a way to get his or his girl got him to buy into doing um long uh virtual movie dates so what they'll do is uh they'll put on the same movie at the same time yes and they're on facetime they're on facetime the whole time so they can see each other's facial reactions to each part of the movie that's uh the way they've uh, been connecting uh and then for me it's just like for me it keeps it fun like you can send bitmojis you know all kinds of things like that you know ultimately right face to face is best but you, you can have fun with uh, social media just the recipes of like martha store and something like that so it just it just it works as long as you tailor it to the uh, to your partner you have to know what they like and then you can send them videos of like their favorite um, comedian right. or things like that to kind of they having some type of day just send them that and they'll be like uh yeah i really appreciate what you sent me that got my, my day going well just things like that you know not too much but so let's wrap this up with this last question let's talk about the role of workplace support so alongside personal effort, the role of the workplace in supporting nurses is critical. So I know we have, you know, already um, touched on self-care, but how do you think like, you know, healthcare institutions can actually better support nurses to ensure a healthier work-life balance? Because honestly, they, they stuck that ass. So let's, <laughs> you, you're just a number to these healthcare institutions, seriously. But anybody want to um, chime in on that other than living the profession? I mean, they have the funds. Hiring more people would definitely help. Right. Like, outside, we don't need no more pizza parties. We don't need no more. Like, it's not necessary. Like, bring the things that are actually going to make a difference in the field. Making sure that we have enough staffing. Making sure that, you know, during Nurses Week, they actually, you know, bring something like maybe like a masseuse or I see so many stuff out in California that they be doing and they don't do that over here in New York at all. So, Cam, don't worry. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be on your neck to get your California license. No, I have my license. I have my Cali license. I've been out in California yeah. before. That's yo. Oh, OK, got it. Good work is it's good. Cali for work is good, but, you know, I just like the vibe of Brooklyn better. Like, firstly, I just like, you know, but... You got to go to California six months or something. Then you'll like California. I'm just saying, you know. Saying. Yes. Mm. Crazy to me. I'm sorry. Oh, that's one thing I was going to add, the massage thing. So I just started working at a new facility, and, man, they have massages. So I, I tell you, that day... The workflow was so much better. I think it's more, I mean, it's just a 15-minute massage, but everybody's mind is, like, on the massage. Like, their mind is like, I can't wait to get the massage. I can't wait. I can't wait. So then the, the, they feel heard. Like, wow, they care about me. They're going to give me a free massage. So I'm not saying it was a good, the good massage, but at least psychologically, it lets the nurse, like, de-stress for that moment, and that's good enough for them mm -hmm. to have great stress. So, yeah, massa more massages once a week. I feel like instead of like, you know, providing what they think the nurses want, I feel like they need to listen to nurses more, right? Because just because, you you know, you're providing massages to us nurses, that doesn't mean that's what everybody is struggling with, you know? People are dealing with like, you know, um, mental, psychological traumas just from working at the best side. So they need to invest more money into like, you know, listening to nurses in order to better understand what it is that they need and not what they think the nurses need based on their budget. Mm -hmm. It's my yeah. 
in uh in New York, I don't know California they do they do offer like therapy therapy sessions or something like that if you're going through trauma or something like that. But in New York, mm-hmm. I'm not sure Chicago, um, Georgia, I don't know how they do it out there. What do they offer right now in New York for you? Um in or Brooklyn, yeah. So I mean they especially if your staff definitely do have um like a a person that you can talk to, like some form of therapy. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Like I've never gone to the point where I'm just like, okay, what does it offer? But just to my knowledge, I think it's just like someone that people can come to and speak speak to about their per- their problems or their issues and stuff like that. Okay. Cool. And I honestly think that I don't know if any like, you know, instance, any hospital is doing this or not, but I feel like they need to start <clears throat> a dialogue post-COVID Cause I feel like a lot of nurses are still like, you know, kind of left traumatized from COVID or, you know, still walking around with the co- the trauma that came with working in the pandemic. So is any like, you know, institution that you guys know are doing that or they just kind of like, you know, kind of push it behind the back burner as if COVID is over and we don't have to like, you know, talk about what happened during COVID. No, I feel like they just put it under the rug after they was like, oh, heroes, yay, nurses, like after that on everything else followed with it so unfortunately yeah that's really sad god forbid we you know come across another pandemic god forbid knock on what i hope it doesn't happen like who are they expecting to be like the next heroes because i know it's not going to be me because i have learned my lesson working in the pandemic because hospitals don't prepare you to work in a pandemic your nursing schools don't prepare you to work in a pandemic so like what are they doing moving forward to make sure that nurses are like you know properly healed from working in the pandemic because it's not normal to go to work in a pandemic where you have five six patients called in or passing away in a single day like we need to have those conversations we need to start talking about things like that so I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great point. What I hear is they just say, um, yeah, we survived and that's it. Like, okay, we still traumatized and you still it's not. Go ahead. I have literally had nurses and nurses say that to me. I am afraid to go home because like, I don't have any partner. I don't have it like, you know, a husband. So what if I go home and I get COVID and I passed away in my sleep? Anyway, this was amazing hey, the there's a lot of people that you know people oh Maya's still with us I will you bet yeah. sorry my daughter she she woke up so I don't uh, her but yeah I mean there's people who weren't in the healthcare profession I would tell that too like, you know, I didn't take I didn't sign in New York but like I heard about nurses that were literally passing out in the hospital I remember they called it it was like silent hypoxia or something like that but you know how some people are able to function even their old two staffs are in the 80s and 70s so like they were working in New York not realizing that they had COVID in the middle of the shit just passing out and ending up a patient themselves come to find out like friend like you are barely breathing you know your old two staffs is like in the low 80s and stuff like that and now they're patients themselves while they're working their bump loud. And I have I have personally care for those patients, doctors, and even resident doctors myself. And most of them didn't even make it. Wow. Unfortunately. Yeah. Imagine like, you know, your own like, you know, coworker being in that position that any of us can like, you know, end up in. It's just it's scary. Seriously. It's very scary. 
But I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Oh my God, this this was so invaluable, like insightful. Hopefully we can do this more, you know, often. Just sit down and have conversation. It doesn't even have to be recorded. Just have conversations. Just talk. Talk it out. Talk it out. That's all. So to our listener, we hope this episode has offered you perspective and strategies to navigate the complex world of nursing and personal relationships. So don't forget to grab your copy of Nursing Shift and Relationship Drifts, Finding Harmony for deeper understanding and guidance. As we wrap up, always remember that finding balance in our lives, both professionally and personally, is a continuous journey. It's not going to happen overnight. So please stay tuned for more inspiring discussions in our upcoming episode. Until next time, take care, stay balanced, and connect. Mm-hmm. I don't know.